Hello and welcome to CBO Speaks. I'm your host, Donna Sheely, and happy to have you with us today. Today, we have Chris Martin, Vice President for Finance and Administration, CFO for Salt Lake Community College. Thank you for joining us today, Chris. Hi, Donna. Happy to be here. Glad to have you. So, Chris, how long have you been at um, SLCC? So I actually just began at SLCC. I started in February, so I just hit my six months here at Salt Lake Community College. Oh, wow. So we got to talk about that being new at a um, new college. But first of all, tell us your journey that led you there. I ended up in higher education by complete accident. And it's been a wonderful journey. But I was a a banker and um, had a lot of higher education clients. I did mid-market governmental banking. Um, I was in the Houston market, had 70 college universities that I worked with. And after one of our many mergers and acquisitions, I was sitting down with the CFO of one of the colleges there and said, hey, I think I would love to do what you do someday. And she's like, did you know I was leaving? And I said, absolutely. I did not know at all. And so um, just very fortuitously ended up um, being hired in her position as she left and got into higher education finance on this side of the table, as opposed to the bank side. And I've never looked back. It has been a, a great career transition and I've loved being in higher ed. Wow. Now, where did you start? I started out in Houston um, at the Art Institute of Houston and then Houston Community College. Okay. Wow. Now, talk to us about was the person who transitioned you, would you consider her your mentor? Do you have other mentors in this field? I've got several mentors in this field. She absolutely, um, it was wonderful transition. transition. So I was able to kind of learn under her for three or four weeks. And this is someone that I'd already known and worked with closely on their banking relationship. So it was already a good relationship there. But no, she absolutely helped me understand uh, higher education and kind of gave me some of the um, cliff notes, if you will, on this is how higher education works. And this is when it gets funky and what it looks different than what you're expecting. And it's been a great, that was a great lesson that's really served me well. Um, So she's definitely been a mentor. You know, other mentors, I think, are the presidents that I've had the chance to serve under who have really, I think, from a leadership standpoint, really both given me opportunities, but but some lessons and some advice that is just, you know, can't 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 put a value on that that type of mentorship and and advice that they provided. And we'll talk a little bit about some of that advice um, a little later. But what were your first impressions of being a CBO? Anything that surprised you? I think the the breadth and depth of, of higher education finance and what CBOs have to deal with from real estate real estate transactions to legal issues to faculty negotiations uh, it, it's kind of a jack of all trades position and um, you know you take your accounting and your finance background but really you extrapolate it into so many different areas and so I think that was the biggest surprise for me um, as well as just you know the energy that's on a college campus and so I, I think I'd forgotten what that felt like coming as a student and then a graduate, and then jumping back onto a campus and just feeling the buzz uh, of the student life. I tell my friends now, you know, the Fountain of Youth is working at a college campus because uh, the students are always the same age and and they're keeping me uh, vibrant and young and hopefully a little bit hip. I don't know if my daughter would agree with that, but uh, you kind of get to stay on the trends uh, dealing with students and just having that energy on campus. Well, talk to us about your role currently and some of the things that is under your umbrella there at um, Salt Lake Community College. Again, I've been here six months. It's been a great transition. Um, in this role, I oversee facilities, security, risk, budget, you know, of course, accounting and finance. 
But with that, you know, we're in the process of, of building our first set of dormitories. And so doing a, a P3 partnership to get that done. So that's been a big part of my, my role here is working on that real estate transaction and, and really helping the college manage their first P3 project. Yeah, that's huge. And so, and also, are you feeling the effects of the post pandemic? I guess that's the new phrase that we're saying now. Um, and, and, and you're in a new role and we're coming out of COVID. So talk to us about that and how unique that is for you. You know, I think it's so fascinating to get to be at an institution where you weren't part of that lived experience. And so I'm coming in kind of at the tail end of, of how the college managed and weathered COVID-19 and some of the, the cultural and community issues that, that just not being together created. And so now I'm coming in, um, um, since starting in February, human resources has also been added to my, to my work. And so working with human resources on, you know, how, how do we re-envision culture and community in a world where, you know, we're not all going to be together. And so we have hybrid and remote employees. And I think that's, that's been the biggest challenge I faced coming in is helping, helping the college rediscover who we are as a community and what our culture is and what we want it to be. And, and you said this so eloquently in a post pandemic phase, because it is different and people went through so many things. And I think one of the things that, that I need a reminder of, and it was so helpful for me is we talk about the pandemic and we talk about COVID-19, but in reality, that was 18 months of not just pandemic, but it was, it was George Floyd. It was January 6th. Some, some pivotal, monumental things in our society have occurred, and it's left a mark on all of us and our students. And so I, I think where we've changed is trying to go back to the way things were and just pick up where we left off and starting to, starting to realize we're not in the same place we were when we left, and our, our society's not in the same place it was, and our lives have changed in some big ways beyond just the pandemic. And so for me, that's been the biggest challenge is, okay, okay, Chris, you know, let's, let's step back for a second. This isn't going back to the way things were. It's, it's a new paradigm. It's a new reality. So how do we want to respond? Most definitely. And, and speaking of community, talk to me about how you work with the city. I know you guys are right there and it's a community college. So talk to me a little bit about that relationship. So that's been a, a fascinating piece of, of coming to, to Slick. And so we have nine campuses across the Salt Lake Valley. And so we're working closely with several different municipalities. And we're a little bit unique in that we outsource our policing to um, the Utah Highway Patrol at several of our campuses. And they work with several municipalities. And trying to, I think the biggest way I've seen us work with the community is trying to help our local law enforcement reimagine what we want campus safety, security, and policing to look like, and really taking that community policing approach. And so there's been a lot of engagement that we've had with our partners, really trying to help them understand, um, you know, who we are, um, what our values are, where we're going, as well as just helping them understand diversity in a new way. And so being new to Salt Lake, um, you know, I was also pleasantly surprised at um, the diversity that we have in Salt Lake. It's not the Salt Lake that I would remember from my childhood. It's a totally different place. And helping our communities understand what it means to be partners together, serving our collective stakeholders and citizens together. So that's been a, a big thing that, that we focused on. You know, I think another piece is just bringing people together. So back to this idea of we're in a post-pandemic phase. 
and we want to be the heart and soul of our communities that we serve, how do we do that? And so really being mindful of the activities that we're holding on our campuses, the events. Um, and so there's been some really awesome things that, that the college has done in this post-pandemic phase, you know, using our art galleries in a different way to bring in um, monks to help share this idea of, you know, what does it mean to, to be at peace? And what does it mean to be people of peace? Um, and what does it mean to be peacemakers in our community. And so trying to leverage our role in the community as a center and a space for bringing people together and being community builders. And so that's that's what I think I'm most proud of, of SLCC's work um, over the past year. Would you say that is what you're most passionate about? Or is there something else that you, in your role, that you feel that you are most passionate about? That's a great question. Um, you know, I think I would just, I'm going to give you the off-the-cuff response that I just comes to mind always. And, and that is, you know, I am most passionate about making a place for students and making sure they have access to higher education, but also that when they get here, there's a sense of belonging that this, this place is theirs. This is not my college, it's their college. And making sure that we're really focused on, you know, that idea of community and what that means, making sure that, that members of our community feel that this is their community college and have that place. That being said, I'll use the word, I am real excited about the work that we're doing to bring people together across the city and and maybe reposition ourselves as a, a place beyond just serving students in higher education, but a place where community can gather and come together. That's great. That's great. I mean, because that's, that's in your name. It's a community college. So that's huge. Yeah. So it's, it's all about, it's about community. I like that. So if there was a, someone listening that was interested in, in working in as a CBO in a community college, what were, what are some tips or some skills that you think they would need to have in order to do that role? That's a fantastic question. I think that the tip that comes to mind is, is to be ready to jump in every day on a new issue and a new problem. Compared to our four-year partners, we're a little more scrappy. And so we don't have some of the same resources some of our four-year colleges have. And so you know, I would tell a, a upcoming CBO to be ready to jump in and, and be willing to expand your base of knowledge because you're going to deal with insurance, you're going to deal with, with risk issues, you're going to deal with facility issues in a different way than you would if you were at a or an R1 or a regional university that maybe had some some thicker or deeper depth in their in their staffing. And so being willing to learn and and jump in and be excited about each day bringing some new challenges, that's the tip that I would have and I think I would just encourage anyone who is interested in a role like this specifically at a community college to get to know the CBO at their local community college. Um, you know, I, I think there's nothing better than spending a day or, or a couple of days over the course of a year with a CBO and just say, oh my gosh, like I had no idea this is the stuff that you're dealing with. And and just being aware of it's it's a pretty fast paced role. For sure. Talk to us a little bit about the diversity at your at your school. Um, I, I know with community college, you're different. You're uh, you have different age groups. Um, talk to us a little bit about that and how that affects your role. We're in the process of becoming a Hispanic serving institution here at SLCC. So we are, we are right at that 25% mark. Um, and we're really trying to mirror our community. Um, I think where that hits my role very, very clearly is, you know, we have a, a real drive to ensure that our hiring, we're, we're representing in our classrooms and our, in our administration across our, our teams. Um, we want our students to see 
themselves represented across the college. And so the work that's being done regarding hiring and trying to ensure that we are a, a welcoming and, and we're ready to be a, a, a diverse employer as well as just meeting the needs of our students. That's the work that we're really engaged in right now. And that is, I'll tell you, that's really, that's really challenging hard work. Yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine. So what do you say is your vision personally um, in higher ed? And then as a whole, what do you think the future of higher ed and community college is going? You know, I think my, my vision personally is that, that we will, we will keep reaching to claim our mission. That, that we're a place where all students are welcome and that, that we are meeting the needs of our community. And so providing students with really relevant um, training and skill sets that meet the needs of our local economy and, and supporting, again, that transfer pathway. That's always part of, of our mission. But I think for, for me personally, it's allowing us to rethink who we are and how we get to that mission. We talk a lot about being strategic and collaborative and innovative. And yet we're holding on to some things that I think are just, they're just hard for us to let go of. But being mindful of students are looking for, you know, really high ROI programs that have a quick turnaround. And so this, this idea of competition, I think that we're dealing with is totally um, a, a different level of, of engagement in this conversation than we've had in the past. And so how are we going to compete with the, the Google certificate or the Amazon certificate that's, that's coming down, down the pipe at us very, very quickly? And are we willing to adjust how we do things to, to compete on a new level? Um, and so that's, that's something that I think for my vision, I hope that we're, we're rising to that challenge every single day. Um, I think higher education more broadly, we still operate in many ways as a one and done. You come here, you get your training, you graduate and, and you become an alumni and hopefully you become a, a, you know, a donor. I think as we think about higher education more broadly, um, in the future, We've got to change that paradigm because it's, it's not a one and done. It's a over and over and over again relationship with that student to continue to provide relevancy so that they see the value in that connection to higher education. Um, and I know that they're, they're not to say there aren't higher education entities that are trying so hard to, to meet that. But I think as a whole, as an industry, we haven't really raised our game and been willing to say it's, it's a new paradigm. This is a, a new moment where We've got to rethink who we are and how we meet that need. Do you have thoughts on how you would do that? I know that's, I mean, it's, it's, it's something that it's going to take a, a group of people and to, to think about how we connect with the student lifelong. I mean, how do you, where do you, how do you see universities and community colleges? How do you see them doing that? So I'm going to speak from the CBO perspective for just a second and, and be really direct on, on that note. We've got to find flexibility in our funding and our tuition dollars to allow us to start innovating in a different way, to create some sandboxes where we're willing to try some things that maybe we've never been willing to try before. We haven't been willing to make that risk. But I think for, for me personally, how we get there is we start sandboxing and we start really trying some, some different approaches. And so for community college specifically, you know, I think that really gets to understanding the needs in your community. Um, on an ongoing basis. And so community colleges have always done a great job at worker retraining, but we've done it in response to specific needs. So how do we reimagine what continual upskilling looks like in our community? And, and how do we develop relationships with employers that they know 
we're not here for a one and done training. We're here to make sure that your workforce is always at the absolute tip top of their game and convincing employees and, and our students that there's real value in that idea of consistent upskill. So for me, that's, I think that's where I, I want to focus is creating a way for us to have flexibility to do that and, and try some things we haven't tried before, because I do believe there are new business models out there that are not driven on our Carnegie unit and that look different than we've ever done before. But we've got to be willing to engage with our, our creditors and our state boards of education and our, our board of trustees to say, Hey, there's, there might be a different way to do this. Let's give us a little bit of leash. Let's see if we can, can refigure out how to, to do this differently so that we create a relationship with a student that's not necessarily a one and done, but it's a over and over again, we're, we're your go to. So before we go, I want to go back to something you said earlier. You talked about your mentors and how a few of your presidents that you've worked with gave you some nuggets, some really good things. Can you have, share something that, you know, stands out that you've learned from some of those mentors? The thing that comes to mind most readily is, is I had a president who their mantra was as if, as if. And they led with this mantra, and I, I guess I'll say probably a great resistance that has seeped in. Like he, he made his point, and I think our entire leadership team embraces this idea of, you know, what is there to lose? Why, why, do, we, why do we question ourselves, and, and why do we always put up um, resistance to every idea? What if we went at things with this idea of as if, as if it was going to work, as if we were going to to start a, a new program that totally redesigned how we we offer education, as if we could get past a Carnegie unit and, and work with our creditor to find a new way to do this. And so to me, that has been such an incredible gift, especially during the pandemic. There were all the reasons why we had to say, you know, no, we can't do that, or no, we shouldn't do that, or no, that wouldn't work. And And changing that paradigm to what if we looked at this as if there were new opportunities that were coming out of this pandemic, as if we could be a source of strength in our community in a different way than we've ever been before. To me, that has been one of the biggest pieces of advice that is really, I find myself on a day-to-day going back to, like we always go back to the, to the, no, we can't, but what if we, we change that paradigm to, to as if, as if we could, as if we would. That's great. I really like that. You can apply that to any, anything in life. I really like that. (laughs) That's really good. Well, any final thoughts, Chris, before we close out? Yeah, I, I would just say, I think this is such a unique time for all of us in higher education, especially in the CBO role, as we're looking at, you know, nationwide declining enrollments and how we're going to weather this storm. And I, I guess I would just say, this is going to take all of us figuring out our place as a, a industry. And I think the CBOs are going to be key in that conversation. Um, you know, if I can, if I can toot our horns collectively, if anyone on campus understands return on investment, it's the CBO. And maybe we've got to be a little bolder in our conversations with our provosts and with our academic deans about, you know, what if we we took an ROI approach to to the things that we're doing and the things that we're we're trying to be to differentiate ourselves and really use that lens as opposed to running away from this? What if we ran towards this idea of we've got to prove our value in a new way? And so I think our voice at the table will be even more critical in the years to come. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Chris, for your time and for joining us today on CBO Speaks. 
Thank you. We definitely appreciate your time. You can find out more about today's episode by visiting podcasts at nakubo.org under professional development. Then click online education. Make sure you subscribe to CBO Speaks on Apple Podcasts so that you can get the latest episodes instantly. And on behalf of Chris Martin from Salt Lake Community College, I want to thank you for joining us on CBO Speaks. I'm Donna Sheely. Be well. Be well.